Pickaxe. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triforce Podcast, the top, one of the top-rated podcasts. The top-rated. Something. Listened uh, to by literally dozens of people out there. It's insane. <laughs> God. We, know, we know you all by name and sight. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Thanks, Jonah and Tony, Tim Tam. Yeah. Billy, Becky, Billy Muggins. Or with Becky's. Oh, my God. I and we Becky. mostly know what you did last summer as well. Yeah. You should be ashamed of yourself. Ugh, disgusting. Disgusting. What did he do? Play, play, play World of Warcraft? <laughs> yeah, all summer long. Disgusting. Go outside once. Gross. That's pretty much how I spend my summers. How are you guys doing? What have you been doing this week? Any news? I have news. From oh, my God. Okay. Dad front. Hit us. This was um, the worst dadding I've ever done. Okay. All right. I got the worst dadding I'd ever this done. Is... That sounds like a writing prompt. Yeah. Daddageddon. I know. But this this is this is bad dadding of like colossal proportions. Well, okay. Um, well, it, it's actually, it's not that bad. But at the time, in the words of Morrissey, uh, I can laugh about it now. But at the time, it was terrible. So it so was. Is it, is, so, oh, I mean, this could be anything, right? We're going through my head right now. Okay. It's like, was it bad dad reflexes? You know, did you like stop? Did you accidentally let one of your children go face first into the ground? You know, that's or, or very close. It? That's very did close. Did you forget that you tied your kid to a back of the car and then you <laughs> drove her on the roof of the car. hundreds of miles <laughs> only to realize that she was running behind the car yeah. for her life? No. So, uh, and the other, I mean, is it more like a kind of a bad dad um, kind of uh, role model where you. Like did something undadly. Oh no, and, I do that um, all the time. I mean, character. I, I, yeah. I'm I'm settled into the fact that in terms of being a role model, they they better find someone else. You know what I mean? Like their mother is a far better role model than than I am. Like I in no way would I ever say to my kids, "When you grow up, I want you to be just like me." Like I would never say right. that. Yeah. Um, so your mum's a better dad. She, she's a better dad than you are. My yeah, Mrs. Say. F is is a far yeah. better role model. But uh, it's it's not the job of a, a parent necessarily to be a role model because I don't think kids will once they hit the teenage years you're the least cool thing ever they may end up being a lot like you but they 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 look up to you when they're younger but when when they're older they'll they'll resent you until they get old enough to actually look up to you again but yeah I honestly yeah don't that's think... the thing right teenage the teenage years they 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 try to rebel against you yeah. but then they usually usually when you become an adult you you look back. And you um, think, wow. To your parents, you think, exactly. oh, maybe a couple of things that they did were okay-ish, <laughs> somewhat. I, I, I have a lot of respect for my mum, for sure, for, for uh, you know, single-parent family and everything like that. Like, a lot of respect. Um, and I, I know how tough that Hell would yeah. have been. That's um, got to be tough. And yeah. I mean, you turned out terrible as a Awful. result. Awful. But yeah, see, that's, you, you know, it's, yeah. it's shocking. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I know. We so, know what you did last summer as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this was on Monday. And I was picking up my youngest daughter from uh, after school club and I picked her up on my bicycle and uh, I gave her what is known as a croggy. And some people don't know this term. It is a lift on a bicycle. Like, so you give another person a lift on your bicycle, generally on the crossbar or the handlebars or on the rear of the bike. But a croggy, I think it's like a northern term, involves oh, giving someone a lift on the bicycle. She I mean, fucking, she fell already off, right? She, uh, if she'd fallen off, that would have been good. Okay, what actually happened was... As she we, fell backwards. We, we started off. She's on the crossbar. We've done this before. We, I've done this with both my kids. It's never been a problem. I thought, this is a little risky, but, you know, dads are meant to kind of take a few chances. It's, you fell off. No. She cycled off on her own. That would have been awesome as well, but no. <laughs> so I, I got her on the bike. She's fine. She's holding on. Everything's good. I go to start the bike, so I put my foot on the pedal. I barely get a quarter turn before she starts screaming, and the bike goes forward. Like, pitch is completely, you know, the back wheel comes completely oh, up. Wow. Her foot had gone into the spokes and was now trapped in the forks of the bike. So her foot was holding the whole bicycle. So it went over. I, dad-like, heroic dad-like for, for a moment, threw myself in front of the bicycle so that I would catch her and the bicycle. Came down very hard on my knee and my wrist, but I caught her. She's screaming because her little foot is trapped in the, um, the fork of the bicycle wheel. I am immediately overcome with waves of unbelievable guilt and horror that I've hurt my child. She's extremely upset. And I thought, this was such a fucking stupid thing to do. I don't think I'll ever be able to forgive myself. <laughs> so she says, I think it's, she's screaming that she thinks her foot is broken and we have to go to the hospital. I said, we're going to go to the hospital right now, love. Don't worry. So we get home. My eldest is there. She's playing on the computer. And I said, love, get your shoes on. Get my car keys. We're going to go to the A&E department right now. So we take my youngest there. She's still in a lot of pain. 
Have a look at her foot. It's quite badly bruised and it's got a cut on it. So she was very upset. We get there. I tell the, tell the receptionist after waiting 10 minutes to see the receptionist. I wait, see the receptionist and she says, what's happened? I describe the situation. She says, okay, take a seat. And I thought, geez, I thought they'd be like, quick, get the, get the crash cart and everything, get ready. This child may have broken her foot. Because all these other people sitting there with fucking runny noses and shit like that. And I thought, geez, come on. She's six, she might have broken her foot. Let's see somebody. So I see a nurse after about 45 minutes, has a casual look and says, we'll get an x-ray. I was like, okay, so we go and sit down. We wait 20 minutes for the x-ray. We get the x-ray and then we come back and we wait another two hours before I, yeah. I go up to the reception and I say, is anyone going to see her? It's eight o'clock at night at this point. She's only six. My wife has come home from work, taken my eldest back with her. So it's like eight o'clock. I said, look, she hasn't had any dinner yet. She's only six. It's eight. She's exhausted. What's going to happen? They said, well, there's 11 people in front of you. So you'll probably be here another two to three hours. I said, so you think she'll be here till 11 o'clock at night? And the thing is, A&E departments at, at nighttime, even on a Monday, are pretty scary places for a six-year-old. There are crazy people coming in. There are drunk people coming in. There are people who are obviously drug addicts coming in. A guy came in escorted by two police officers. He was in handcuffs because he was obviously taken from a jail cell straight here to be looked at. He was shouting stuff and saying, any good looking birds around here? Like that. So he, she was terrified of this guy. So I was like, I'm fucking taking her home. This is ridiculous. We'll come back tomorrow. Took her back in tomorrow. No, there's like three people in the waiting room. It's like, perfect. We'll be seen in no time. Three hours more go by, just sitting there. She's bored out of her mind. She's worried her foot is broken. She's terrified. I was like, it's all right, love, don't worry. And at this point, she's just getting angry. She's like me. Eventually, she just gets to this point where she's just furious. She's like, why aren't they seeing me? This is ridiculous. I was like, I know, love. So you finally get an appointment with the nurse. It's a two-minute appointment. She's fine. No breaks. Just give her some cow pollen. Get her to walk on the foot to get used to it again. I said, what took a total of six hours for that information? I said, you could have popped your head around and just said, Mr. Forsyth, you're fine to go. Your kid's foot's not broken. I would have said, no problem. We're left. They're like, well, a nurse had to look at the x-ray. I was like, six hours it's taken for this. Six hours. This is ridiculous. And we stormed out. My daughter was as angry as I was. Uh, so she kind of put some of the anger she should have against me onto, onto the, the hospital, which was a little unfair, I guess, because they're probably understaffed. Honestly, Monday night and Tuesday night, I could barely sleep. I felt so bad. Hi, uh, NSPCC. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, you, honestly, a, that was the first question they asked is, is this child I got a hot one on, uh, on a live podcast right now. If you could, oh, uh, so in, bad. Come and I arrest felt so <laughs> bad. If you could send the guys around. He tried to do a croggy on a, on a bike. It's the legal maneuver. It's in the five guidelines of what you shouldn't do with your children. Obviously, yeah. one is pour scalding hot water on them. Yeah, no jugging. Uh, don't jug the kids and don't give two, them croggies. No jugging. No Three croggies are banned. Four, tying your child to the back of the car before you go on holiday. You're in bad. the waiting room and two two policemen are escorting in a very burly man who's covered in tattoos and he has a shaved head and he's got a swastika tattooed on his forehead. But you notice that his eyes are very red, like he's been crying. And you turn over to the man and you say, what happened to you, little fella? He turns around <laughs> and he says, got my foot stuck in the spokes of a bike. <laughs> and, the, and the exercise bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, the prison the yard. And then some bloke judged me. <laughs> Do you, know, do you know why I was in there? I'm only in prison for the first place because I tried to give my daughter a croggy. I didn't know it was illegal. I didn't know you could do hard time for giving your daughter a croggy. A croggy? So lesson one for any parents out there, don't fucking do it. It's stupidly dangerous and I should have seen it coming. Oh, we laugh, but man, that sounds bad. I feel bad for your daughter. I hope she's I feel, okay. Do you know bad what? for both of you. Well, I feel, I feel bad for her. I don't feel bad for me. I feel like a fucking idiot. No, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm really angry with you. I yeah. feel really bad for your daughter, though. But here's the thing, right? I've done that a few times. <laughs> Croggy with your daughter? I've, no. <laughs> I've had my foot stuck in the spokes a few times. Oh, okay. And I've, I've, over my life. When I was a kid, when I was, an, I did it once when I was fucking cycling around Jersey as well. Like, you know what I mean? I just, I just, I just awkwardly put my foot somewhere and, and, and you know, and I really hurt my, my foot. But, you know, I, I, yeah. So I, my instant thought when you told me about this was that oh, I don't think it's broken. But then again, you can't risk it, can you? Right? You yeah. can't risk it because no, yeah, you know. But then again, right? I think in AOE, my uh, my just my stupid external input to something which I don't actually know the the, the things of. But my feeling is that A and E prioritize things a bit like whoever's making the most noise, right? Whoever's yeah. the, causing the most fuss, right? If you keep asking, 
you know, every 10 minutes or your daughter's bawling her eyes out, she would have been in and out of there in half an hour. What I would have done is give her a little poke. Yeah, I know, pinched her a bit, yeah. Pinched her a bit, made her, made her tear up a bit, start I bawling. mean, I think it makes sense that it's a priority system, but if there's a lot of people there, obviously it's just going to take a while, right? Right, like, well, but when triage. you're there... It's triage. But when, the, here's, right? here's my problem with the system, is that when you turn up, and this is, this, is, this is my whole issue with the way that this hospital in particular, I don't know if other hospitals do it this way, your first point of contact is basically a receptionist. And you turn yeah. up and they ask you to describe the problem. So here's the issue with that. Regardless of, I, oh, I'm annoyed because I had to wait six hours. Regardless of that, if I turned up and said, and let's say I turned up with my daughter, this is going back to when I was about eight years old, uh, just a bit less than that, I had appendicitis. My appendix was very close to bursting when we got to the hospital and they had to operate right away. And if it had gone on a bit longer, my appendix would have burst. Who knows what would have happened? A hundred years ago, I wouldn't be here anymore. But let's say I turned up with my daughter and I, my mum was a nurse, so she knew what had happened. Like she said, it must be his appendix because he's like howling in pain when I poke him in the stomach. She figured it out straight away. Let's say I turned up with my daughter and, she, and I turned up and said, she's got a stomachache. The receptionist would say, okay, we'll get someone to see you. Have a seat. There's no triage there. That's that's my triage in telling the receptionist what I think it is. She's got a tummy ache, which is the only information I would have to go on. She's yeah, but not if seeing she's a like nurse screaming for, in pain. But though, I wasn't though. screaming in pain. I was only screaming in pain if you poked my stomach. This is when I had that's appendicitis. Your manly dad. No, yeah, well, when I was eight, Lewis. But at the same time, they could like, have poked your stomach I've, just to set is, you it, off and it, then it triage, jump the queue. Right, right but like, this is the thing: the, is it, that's not triage. That I had to wait forty-five minutes for my daughter to see a nurse to look at her foot and decide if, if she needed an x-ray. In 45 right. minutes, my appendix would have burst. So my point is, your first point of call has to be a nurse. Has to be, because they are the ones who can effectively say, this is bad, this isn't so bad, this guy can wait till doomsday, he's fine. Yeah, like, I think again, they weigh it up though. I think they'll get you to, they'll they'll get you into a nurse sooner if, you know, if it, if it, if it seems to be. But that's my problem. An emergency. Seems to be. A lot of the time, who knows? What yeah. I mean, you can't look at someone and know how sick they are. Because I'm looking around the, the accident and emergency room when we're waiting there. There was, there was people there that were clearly not that ill. But, but, but they could go, have been right? horribly I think, ill. I think that you could tell, right? Because, because people who are really sick, who are in a real problem, or are those 10% of people who are just assholes and are just demanding and noisy, which you want to get out anyway. Get rid of those guys, get them sorted out, get them out of your waiting room anyway, because they're just going to upset everyone else in there. You You... I mean, I'm sure that this is not a good system, and I'm sure that the it needs to be done better, right? But but if you're stuck in that situation, how do you get through it? You know, you've got people coming in with stab wounds, with serious things, with bursting appendixes, right? And the people with, you know, the six year old girl who's not crying, who's who's you know, yeah. his his who looks quite happy. But there was book, there was you know, nothing you like can keep that. Pushing her back down. There, there was the no line. one coming in bleeding. There was no one coming in with anything. Like to the casual observer well, that looks serious. Well, you don't know. You're not right, exactly. Well, that's the thing. You're saying like, they're receptionists, sir, but you're... With you? If it's you know. bad, why are they sitting waiting for an hour with me? Well, like, the, 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 like, the serious accidents go straight into the, 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 the thing. Right? At the end of the day, it's a little bit like a coffee shop. You go into a coffee shop. I went into a fucking Cafe Nero yesterday, and I was like, oh, I can't fucking be asked with this queue. You know, if you go into A&E and you're sat there for an hour, you think, oh. The thing is, your kid was well enough to be taken home by Absolutely. you. Absolutely. You know Absolutely. But the here's, here's they, my problem. They solved that problem. My that problem, problem is solved my itself. problem is that I had to wait six hours because the, the, there's obviously a staffing problem in all NHS hospitals, which is at a crisis point. There's no way it should take six hours for this. None. But it's a psychological thing, though. Imagine the nurse had come to you and said, "Look, we're going to make you wait three hours because this is probably not very important and nothing, and it might just solve itself on its own." Then I would say, you know, "Great, it, if it's not bad, let me go." It would take two minutes to look at the X-ray. Like when they took it, it I like looked suddenly, at it, the and there were no breaks. Because what if what if it is so bad and your kid dies, you know, as uh, when you take her home, you know, at the end of the day, she the receptionist can't tell you that, can't make that decision, right? She has to just sit there right. and do but nothing. But if they had if they had even twice as many nurses, it sucks. It sucks. It's a really sucky situation. But the problem is, is that what you find is that no one is in these rooms necessarily, like asking these problems of fixing and addressing these things. And everyone's situation is slightly different, right? And what you have is you have like an overtaxed system where. 
there's not enough nurses, not enough right, people. Right, but that, that's in. the thing. It's obvious. At even a casual glance, they but don't they have But they know people. it's okay. Like, the numbers are okay. Like, the people, the, the, there's someone at the top who says, well, this is how much money we've got. Therefore, we're doing this much with it. Therefore, you know, this amount of people are dying. Therefore, that's okay. That's an acceptable amount of people dying. That's a certain amount of wait time. People know these statistics. They know the numbers. Like, we are happy with this system as it is, bizarrely. Um, or maybe some people aren't happy with it. Maybe you know, people want to shut down the NHS and like say, "Oh, well, you know, Flax sucks. isn't happy with it, so it needs to be changed." Okay, yeah, let's Lewis? change it. So That's if you can just change it. I mean, yeah. Sips makes a great point. I had a terrible experience, therefore the entire system must be fucked. It's 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 a very difficult one to like put a call on, right? And there's there's a whole million buttload of factors in there. I tell you what, it it it's not a perfect system, but Flax, at least if you had seen somebody. You wouldn't have to pay any money to do it, right? I would have paid. That's another problem I've got, is that I would happily pay 250 quid to have not waited six hours. I would have Wait, done are there Wait, pri- are there private ERs, though? No, I, that's what the first question I asked is, can I please not have to take her to a NHS hospital? Because, yes, it's free, and there were a lot of poor people there. You could just tell straight away, this is their only shot at any kind of healthcare, and they can walk in and get it for free. Amazing, right? That's why we don't have people walking around like we do in, in a lot of countries in the world, just yeah. looking like their body is falling apart and no one is helping them. Fantastic. I love the idea of the NHS. I don't need to wait six hours and I will pay, but there seems to be no option for me to do that. Now, what I don't want to do is go, but I don't want to go into the NHS and jump the line. It's not like a fucking fun fair. You know what I mean? I don't want to buy the special ticket. I don't want there to be two queues at the NHS. The fast pass, the right, NHS exactly. fast pass. I don't want the fucking pass. NHS fast pass. Which, which would screw over a whole bunch of people. I would personally love it, but the the idea of it, the, the morality of it is yeah, awful. Yeah, no. I get that. I th- but the thing is, I would go to a private a Yeah, yeah. I would do that. I think... Because um, I don't want to wait six hours. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure if this is accurate, but I remember reading something at one point about the French uh, healthcare system. And they have... You get I a think free they, baguette on arrival and a glass of wine <laughs> and you live. I mean, that's... Yeah, probably. I recommend a glass of fromage. And all the hospitals smell like 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 really strong cheese, too. But, um, <laughs> I, no, I remember reading this thing where they had... Instead of ambulances, we have bicycles. <laughs> and our ambulance men wear white and blue jumpers. They and each like one a... has a basket in the front with stuffed with onions and baguettes. <laughs> the smell of the onions keeps the people healthy as the ambulance cruggies people to the hospital. Anyway, yeah, uh, we're sponsored by France today as well. I hope um, I hope we're fulfilling all of our um, obligations uh, for the sponsorship deal as well. So Mais France, oui. thanks very much for giving Merci us a whole bunch of money. Merci beaucoup. But no, I think in France there's a, a system or or some some sort of thing where where basically they they try to say to people, listen, if you can afford to go private, there's there's lots of options for private. Um, and Privé. you know it's probably probably better for you if you can afford to do it as well. And you're freeing up space for people who really need it and can't afford to to even think about going private sort of thing. And I always thought that, like, at first I thought, oh, that's crazy. Like, they should not be promoting uh, private. But I, at the same time, it makes sense, right? Like, if you can afford to do it and you don't want to wait um, and you want maybe, you know, a better service or whatever, you should you should try to go private and it frees up the 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 feeless or or the the payless system for for people who really can't afford to yeah. go private. I think it's. I also think you need a penalty system for people that turn up with shit that their fucking GP can deal with. I think they should say, "What's the problem?" And if it's something that you was worthy of coming to A and E for, there's no charge. If you're wasting our fucking time, hundred pounds. We want hundred pounds for the fact that your kid came in with a fucking sniffle and a temperature. Give him some cowpaw and wait until tomorrow. Back, go and to then GP. you go back to America, where people don't take their kids because they don't want to pay hundred pounds, and so as a result, the kids die. No, we took my my daughter in when she was really small. We took her into um into the emergency room because she was like wheezing a lot while she was breathing. But like at first, we were just like, oh, she's got like, you know, she's got like a like a cold and it's on her chest or whatever. But then we thought. She's really fucking small, and we don't want to take any chances. So we right. took her in, and there was there were a bunch of people there and stuff. And we were like, "All right, you know, like we'll, we're we're waiting and stuff." And then they had to like phone in. There wasn't even anybody there that could really deal with it. They had to phone in like a a, a like a child doctor uh, who had to then come in. Hi, I'm your doctor. 
No, no. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was uh, all over twist. Yeah, he's uh, he's retrained. Um, but no, so this guy had to come in, and then he and he looked at her and everything, and and it turned out that she had doctor's outfit. She had like it was called bronchiolitis, I think, and it was, and it's quite. You know, it's 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 not super common in babies, right. but they can get it. But, but that's a baby. I've been, she needed I, I to be admitted supportive. to the hospital and everything. It was right, but I'm fully crazy. supportive of people taking babies. I called the ambulance. My daughter was having febrile convulsions when she was a few months old. That's when they get a fever so bad that their body literally they have convulsions. Jeez. She she went. She was. It was horrible. It was yeah, absolutely yeah. terrifying. I'd forgotten about it. Because my mind had decided this is such a fucking horrible memory, I'm going to block it out. And Mrs. F reminded me about it when I said, you know, my eldest has been to hospital three times. Once with the, the febrile convulsions, once when she was at playgroup and she fell over and split her, sh- her chin open to the meat, and the third time when she fell over at playgroup and cracked her head on a stone and had, they had to superglue her scalp back together. She's a bit of a A&E, she's been there, she's a veteran. Right. My youngest, this is the first thing that's ever fucking gone wrong with her, touch wood, she's never had shit like this, she's super unaccident. Just like an MMA she, yeah, she literally <laughs> is fucking UFC at this point. But my, my youngest is just like, you know, she's, she's pretty cool, she's sturdy, she doesn't take risks. This Your was youngest, my stupid I, I risk. When I met her, though, she had a cold, I think, and she did look like a zombie. She was she just does, She did have a cold. She used snotty. to get colds. But now now they they haven't been sick in ages, really. I mean, they, yeah. the kids okay. at this age get sick. They have a fever for a day. They're fine the next day. Like, that's pretty much it. They're not yeah, well. You have um, green stick bones as well as stuff. Which are like like bounce back and stuff a little bit. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty bouncy. So yeah, but but um, yeah. I I mean that sips that's different. I mean panicking about your baby, I completely fucking get that, dude. Like a hundred percent. If you're not sure, I don't know shit take about them babies. to. They can't tell you anything. They give you no feedback and they react in very different ways. As as you get older, your body understands how to deal with this shit. When you're younger, yeah. your body's just like, we don't know what's happening, so we're just gonna freak well, out, yeah, shut down, I, and fi- vibrate and stuff. It's like holy. Yeah, God. I mean, I think I, I I I the thing is, I understand that people would take their their kids, especially to an A and E. If, I, if I don't for half the shit I Something saw. was up, right? Like we've had to call. This out- kid had a cut on his elbow. A cut on his elbow. He's just holding a tissue against a cut on his elbow. Another kid comes in, obviously a sprained ankle. That's not A and E. That's not A and E. I know. I'm but- sorry. Your kid has a runny nose. <laughs> I know, but that's not you're A&E. criticizing having to speak to a receptionist with no medical experience. But you have no medical experience either. Like right, you can't but diagnose I'm also these a people. A reasonable person. I what can't if, look inside my daughter's deeper foot. problems, and that's why they're there. Oh, what if, on, like, man. you see a, a, a stuffy nose, but actually behind the scenes, there's like. Something way worse afoot. What? Like AIDS. A foot in their nose? Maybe. <laughs> it's like maybe it's like lodged right up there. Maybe it's like a really tiny foot that's lodged right up there. Like a rubber I just foot. think people take the piss because it's free. And all I'm saying is there was a lot of shit there that I know that I would not know. bother Don't get me wrong. For. There's a degree the of that though. for sure. But I what? think they can filter it out. I think they're pretty but good at filtering I it out. I think the reason partly it's so horrible is to try and filter the fucking that shit out, right? If you make it a horrible experience... You, you're gonna be like, oh shit! I better be more careful. I'm not gonna fucking, you know, not gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know. Now your daughter's had a double lesson, right? Not only was there the physical lesson of pain, don't from trust being a daddy, but now right? don't trust but now, the NHS. Also, <laughs> no, it's more like you know, just like hospital double punishment. Was useless. <laughs> she hated it's like it. Like I hurt myself, yeah. and I hurt myself mentally by having to go through this ordeal and yeah, like yeah. sitting in this boring, fucking miserable place for. Well, you say that, but I actually, when we were heading home in the car, I said to her, I said, love, this is why I tell you to hold on when you're going down the stairs. Because I know that if you fell down the stairs, we'd have to end up here. And she said, I never want to come back here ever. It was the most boring thing ever. I was like, I know, love. Imagine having to wait for 15 hours in there. She was like, holy fuck. Take her to the take her to the uh, auto shop while your car is getting fixed. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, Sips, you wait there? You wait there while they're fixing your car. I've had to wait there before. Oh I think. Um, I think one time I went with my my dad. I was pretty young, and I remember being so fucking bored. Oh I was angry. I was so God. bored. Look, at, I think I did the same. Uh, so listen, my dad takes me to oh this. Oh my god, auto it's like shop. all these repressed memories. <laughs> it's like febrile convulsions. I don't think we. I, I don't think it was a case of waiting. I think the car had been in the shop for like three days, and they said, "Come pick it up on Thursday." So we went on Thursday to pick it up. I think we had to take the bus and everything. Like, it was stupid because it was like, you know, downtown. We were in the suburbs. 
So we're in this auto shop, and he, my dad's like, yeah, I'm here to pick up uh, the uh, 1985 Toyota Tercel, um, license plate, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, <laughs> and, the guy, and the guy's like, all right, yeah, just take a seat. Um, we'll get, like, the guy who worked on it out here to, um, you know, whatever, hand it over or have, have a word with hey, you. Hey, Mickey, that guy with the fucked up cars here. Yeah, yeah, no, and we were there for, like, five hours. It was fucking crazy. I remember my dad getting, like, increasingly annoyed and, like, going up and asking what was going on and being told to wait longer because something or other and like oh shit it was the worst i mean this is a this i know we always say this but this is in a time where there wasn't like phones um cell phones yeah, like tablets there was, there was fucking nothing to do in there and those places are the worst like their 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 solution for potentially a kid waiting in there is the, a really old dusty gumball machine, and that was it. <laughs> oh my God. Or like sometimes you had the double, like the the chiclet and then the jelly bean machine. But like this one just had a had a really old like nineteen fifties gumball machine in it. Now now it. the solution seems to be that little table with the wires, and you have to move the shapes along the wires. Have you seen oh, this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be amazed. My, my nine-year-old has played with that shit for like an hour. And I was like, love, are you not bored? She was like, this is amazing. I was like, really? <laughs> she loved oh, it. Oh, fuck. I wouldn't mind nowadays, though. Like, if I yeah, had my no, phone, had I would just fucking read some yeah, Reddit or whatever. Like, yeah, five yeah. hours, no problem. I don't give a shit. It but was like... bad. It was, it was bad because I didn't know how long I was waiting. That's what annoys me. If they said to me, it's going to be a three-hour wait, I would have been like, oof. I mean, the thing is, here's the better system. They take your phone number. Everyone's got a phone these days. You don't have to sit in a fucking waiting room. They call you. You have five minutes till your appointment. Can you come back? Yeah, no problem. If, you don't, if you're not back in five minutes, we're giving the appointment to someone else. I'm on my way. And there's a cafe, and you can fucking sit there. There's a park right there. Right there. You can go outside. Why not that? Instead of sitting in this room with all these fucking sick, ill, weird people. This guy comes in. He's dressed head to toe in like tight black lycra. He's obviously just been working out. He stinks. Looks like he's come straight from the gym. Yeah. He sits down. I think nothing up. I think maybe he's he's overextended one of his uh, tremesopet muscles, and you know he's pulled it right, pulled it there when I was lifting five hundred kilos, mate. Yeah, got to see a doctor about it, something like that. Sits down. I think he's a normal bloke. He suddenly out of nowhere turns to me and says, "Can you believe that?" And I was like, "Huh?" And I'm thinking, "What?" And he says, "Did you hear that?" He goes, "Kids eat metal sometimes. They don't know why. They just eat metal. They end up with a stomach full of metal." And then he turns away and he goes, yeah, it's like a compulsion. So they do it in their sleep. They walk around in their sleep eating metal. And my daughter looks at me like, why is this guy talking to us? And what the fuck is he saying? This is fucked yeah, up. Yeah, that's crazy. But he was just talking at me for like five minutes about how children eat metal. And little bits of metal leaving around the house. You can't leave metal around the house. The kids will eat it. There's a name for it. I can't remember the word for it. He just started lecturing me about kids eating metal. And then he just turns back and just starts staring into space again. And I'm like, okay, so he's crazy. Like, I had no idea this guy was crazy. Just decided to start talking to me. He's like two, two feet away from me. And I'm here with That's my six-year-old. Crazy. And I'm thinking, please don't let any more crazy people come in. Then these two women come in. Obviously drug addicts. They've got that washed out look. They're both wearing those shell suit tracksuits that only drug addicts or drug dealers seem to wear. Yeah, it's like, a like like missing teeth and right. like big they rings sit under down their eyes and, and like, stuff. They're like looking at everyone and you kind of think they look like the kids in class would be going, like Beavis and Butthead. Like they're just waiting, I guess, for their methadone or to tell the doctor, <laughs> I'm still a drug addict. And they'd be like, yeah, that sucks. Can you make me not a drug addict anymore? Not really. You'll have to sort that out yourself. Okay, I'll Imagine wait. they go up to the counter and they're like, oh, yeah, sorry, uh, Susie. I, I I can't do the uh, the late shift tonight, so you're going to have to cancel <laughs> all the brain surgeries. Uh, um, yeah. yeah, no, I've, I, I, I just realized I've, I've got something else that I have to do. Drugs. Uh, so see you later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's drugs, yeah. <laughs> But oh, I was just fuck. like, get me out of here. Like, if we could just ben, go wait somewhere else, just give me a call. Call people me. do not. It's people do not like waiting for anything. But one thing that I noticed uh, is that people will act really crazy to avoid uh, waiting as well. When we were at Disney in in the summer, uh, we got into the park early one morning. We had like a, a pass where we got into the park like an hour before it opened. Right. It was like some special deal or, or whatever. The so we pass. thought it's called the early so, bird pass. So we we're like, fuck, holy shit, great. Like, there's gonna be no one there. We're probably gonna be like, you know, there's gonna it'll be like a skeleton crew in there. Who the hell is gonna be in there an hour early? Sort of thing. So we we went, we we got up super early, went over, got in, and of course 
it's fucking packed. It's just like as packed as it normally is sort of thing. I guess everybody gets an early bird pass. So, <laughs> so we're like, all right, fine. You know, it, you know, it's, it's busy, but we're here early. And like, who knows? Maybe like if we're lucky, we can get, you know, to the front of a ride queue and not have to wait for like an hour or whatever. So, um, so we go into the park and then at various points in the park, there, there was like these little blockades because I, I guess they start cleaning it really early in the morning because it's open till 11 o'clock at night. Right, they right. do like the illumination show and stuff. So there's probably garbage like sitting on the ground all night in Disneyland, which they can't have, you know, it needs to be like this pristine thing. So I think they start super early in the morning, cl- like cleaning up the park. And if it's not quite ready for like the early birds or whatever, they just block off parts, parts of the park. So there's a couple of people standing there, um, you know, stopping people from going. So we, we How started. How early are we talking here? Hey? How early is this? Like eight o'clock? Like yeah, it was like eight in the morning. Yeah. I wow. think it was like, or, or may, it might've been nine actually. I think the park opens at like 10. So it could have been nine o'clock. So anyway. We're heading over to the Princess Pavilion. My daughter wanted to meet a princess. And the way that this thing works is you queue up and you don't know what princess you're going to see because, you know, there's like a whole bunch of different princesses and whichever one so it's is not on like shift a strip at the club time. Where they all line up and you pick the one with the biggest tits? Sadly, no. Okay. But so anyway, <laughs> could you imagine if it, it was like either going to be Cinderella or Snow White or, well, you know, one of the Disney princesses, right? You have this but baby. <laughs> Yeah. Just so, go, go for Cinderella. She's got a rack on her. Get her the dollar. <laughs> so we get to this like this blockade and we're like, fuck, I hope all these people aren't going to the Princess Pavilion. Cause like I sent a memo out early in the morning saying that that's where we're going. So like people better step off. Yeah, like I don't want it, I don't want I don't want any trouble at the Princess this Pavilion. This is my turf, bitch. My daughter just wants to see a princess and I want to get the fuck out of there as quickly as possible. You know, I don't want to be hanging around the Princess Pavilion. So we're standing around with all these people and we're thinking, ah, oh, they're probably going to go to a, It's a Small World or whatever. And then we sort of start hearing like some mumblings and whispers like about the Princess Pavilion. And then it slowly dawns on us, holy shit, all of these people want to go to this Princess Pavilion for some reason. Like what the fuck? Every time we gone by, there's like a massive wait time in the queue or whatever. So, so then it starts to make sense. Like, holy fuck, all these people have turned up early so that they can go to the Princess Pavilion. And you can see them, their body language is like, I'm sprinting as soon as I'm allowed to. And these are adults. And some of them had people like kids with them, babies. One woman was pushing a family member in a wheelchair. And all of these people are like poised, like, you know, I'm, as, soon as, as soon as they yeah. fucking let us go, I'm going for it because there's no way I'm queuing for the Princess Pavilion all day long. So at that point, we we're just like, fuck it. You know, what if, you know, if these people are just going to be like this, let them do it. The, how long can the queue possibly be? <laughs> so the guy lets everybody through. He's like, all right, everybody, come on through. Welcome to Disneyland, blah, blah, blah. And then, oh, my God, I've never seen anything like it. Like really like older than me, people who are fatter than me running like crazy like and i don't know where they got the energy and how they were shifting the mass or whatever but they were really fucking running it was crazy pushing wheelchairs it was like it was like something out of like the great race like there was fucking a a hot air balloon over top with a (laughs) guy with a monocle screaming at us and everything oh it was Herbie the love bug goes zoom and pose yeah yeah and uh, the music was playing and so all these people are running so we just start strolling we're like all right whatever fuck these people are running um, and then we're, we're coming around the corner and we see the princess pavilion and fucking all of them are running into the princess pavilion. So we're like, okay, well, fuck. It's still not as bad as, as normal time in the park. It's probably not going to be like a super long line. So we finally get to the princess pavilion. We stand in line and this line is just going no fucking nowhere. Okay. And you can see at the front of the line, all these people that ran, they're all like panting and sweating, but like happy as well. They're like relieved that they got a really good place in the line. I'm just like, fuck all these people. Like this is fucking stupid. So the peop- so the the person that runs the princess pavilion is walking through the line and they're like, okay, at this point, the wait time is 45 minutes. At this point, 
the wait time is 65 minutes. And then they get to the back where we are. At this point, the wait time is 120 minutes. <laughs> oh, oh my fuck God. sake. What? Get more princesses. Like, what the fuck? 120 minutes with all these fat, sweaty people that just ran for the first time in their lives. And now they're all happy because at the front of the... Fuck me. So we didn't get to go see the princess pavilion at all. And oh, my God. My daughter was like a little... Was she small enough to not be super devastated by this? Because she didn't really know like what it was in the first place. But holy shit. My, my recommendation to you is that... Uh, if you if you do if you do want to see the Princess Pavilion at Disney, undergo a rigorous year long uh, training ex- exercise and training regime before right. you go, so that you're in tip top shape. Uh, get an early bird pass and then run like a motherfucker if you want to see this because that that line is like that all day long. It's like 120 I've got an minutes. Alternative for you actually. Fuck. If you get hold of a bike. You can give your daughter a cruggy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Straight over there. Yeah, yeah. Right? Shit. And just like... Um, Should have thought about that. I know. They need to invent a bike wheel that has no spokes. Is this possible? Like with the with the materials available nowadays? There are spokeless nowadays? bicycles. There are spokeless bicycles, yes. So that maybe that's the answer, Flax. Maybe you get that so that you can you can carry on a proud tradition of cruggies. Yeah. It's cruggy. Uh, do you think it's again like one of those same situations as PFLAX in the fucking hospital, right? And it's that, you know, the queue, they, they, they know what it's like, right? They want to keep it exclusive. They want to keep it this exciting thing. But also those people who, who maybe those people do have older daughters who are more to d- problems to deal with. And if they don't go to the princess pavilion, then it ruins their parents. Oh, life, yeah, you know? pro- probably. But, you know, everybody thinks – I think everybody has that little bit of them that feels entitled, right? And even me, like a small part of me thought like, why the fuck do I have to wait in a line? Like just just let me see the princess and let me move on with my life. Like th- this is what my family wants to do. <laughs> so you, make you, it there's happen. There's always that moment where you look around at the other people waiting yeah, and you automatically it, think, I deserve this more than these fuckers. Yeah, yeah. And and, and it, it is so um, irrational. But Yeah, it's hugely irrational. It, but – it, but it but it happens. It's 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 really incredible how the the human mind works sometimes, well, right? I, I felt like I was suffering more. Yeah, I don't I don't think I'm an overly entitled person either. But there are moments where I'm stuck in a line where I feel really fucking entitled, yeah, like yeah. overwhelmingly so sometimes. So l- let me tell crazy. you why I think I I deserve to get through quicker. I was clearly right. suffering more in that waiting room than everybody else. I right. was I was visibly disturbed by everything I saw. Everybody else just seemed to be staring into space and they weren't looking at their clocks, they weren't looking at their phones, they weren't checking with reception that they were next, nothing. There's this guy next to me. He's got a little girl, she must have been about three. And to entertain her, he gave her his phone. Yeah. Every every parent in there is giving their phone to the kid. Here, play this, watch this, whatever. All the other parents are saying, turn it down, love. Like I'm saying that, turn it down. There's other people in this waiting room, they don't want to hear what you're watching. Okay. This guy lets his kid watch his phone at maximum fucking volume. Oh, they're the worst. she is, because she's like two and a half, three years old, she's watching the same fucking video over and over and over again. It's sadly not. No, like at that age, it's like like Bing and Postman Pat. Let me tell you what it was. It was, I don't know who the fuck makes these. It was a super janky CGI awful thing of the wheels on the bus. Yeah, no, they're all made in India. There's like, uh, seriously, there's a studio filled with, um, uh, you know what I think they do? It's like all those simulator games that come out of Germany. I think (laughs) that there's an animation program at a school in India. And all of them end up doing wheels on the bus as it part was of like their fucking believable. Yeah, yeah. And then they all make it onto YouTube, and one of those videos gets more views than I've ever had as a channel entirely yeah. in seven years. It's, it's a crazy. kid. It's literally little kids just pressing go again. Yep, let's see that again. Yeah. One more fucking time. I I I know people will think I'm exaggerating, but I am not. For one hour, she watched the same video over and over and over again at the loudest volume that this dude's phone would go to. Yeah. Now, I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, it, it, like a half an hour of me in a turmoil, I'm thinking, this dad is just like me. Like, he's sick to death of being here, just wants his kid to be happy, doesn't know, maybe he doesn't know what's wrong with her. Like, I'm trying to empathize with this guy as much as I can and think he just, she's happy, so he's like, whatever it takes to keep her happy, 
no problem. But another part of me wants to grab him by the fucking throat and say, can you see the 40 other people in here that are sick of knowing that the wheels on the bus go around and around, <laughs> around and around, we know, shut up. Oh my like, God. That's the other part of me. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes people like just don't fucking know how annoying they, they are. Just, though. And so the way I like to do stuff is... Um, Kind of really passive aggressive stuff, like right. So, for example, every time that you? song starts up, no, again, no, I will, I will, I will just start singing along to it. Wheels on the bus go round and round. Just making eye contact with him the whole fucking time. Wheels on the bus go round and round. Well, you're singing it back round to him. Round. Just making eye contact, just until he fucking is like, oh yeah, maybe this is a bit loud. Man. You know no, I mean? he he. I mean, I would have had to say, I was I was trying to phrase. I thought, how can I phrase this that gets across the fact that I've had enough, but at the same time, I'm cool. So I don't want to say like, turn that shit down, which is what I want it's to a, say. It, it's like a, it's a type though, right? A guy who has his kid on his phone at full blast. Let me guess. Let me guess. He had a black sweater, but then he had like <laughs> shell suit bottoms, no, right? No, he didn't. With the buttons on the side <laughs> and like kind of open, so like the bottoms of the were flapping around a bit. No, sadly. Big he didn't. white pair of Reeboks. <laughs> <laughs> slick, you know this guy. Slick back hair, kind of scruffy. Uh, kept coming in and out of the out of the waiting room because he was going out for smoke and maybe a gold chain as well. Is this the guy? Right. No, because that enough. is the guy that lets their kids. Listen to the it's, phone it, that, at maximum that volume. The, that is the guy, but this was not that guy. This was another right. guy doing an impression, I guess, of that guy. Right. But, uh, but the thing is, his daughter's watched the vote. He keeps getting interrupted because he keeps getting phone calls, presumably from his wife, <laughs> oh, saying, shit. please, God, tell me that uh, everything's okay. And he just keeps, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. We're still waiting. We're still waiting. And she's like, daddy, the phone. He's like, yeah, yeah, hold on a sec, sweetie. Then he's getting WhatsApp messages from someone. He has to answer that. Then he gets a text message. So the phone keeps going, boop, 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 boop. And he grabs it and checks his message and gives it back. <laughs> Is he doing that thing where he has like no finesse holding the phone? Oh, he's like, just he holds it, like it at a, a really awkward angle yeah. far away from his face and is like mashing the phone right. with one so finger. Here's another thing. He, he was one of these people. Everyone watching this or listening to this will know. You've seen people like this. I pray to God none of you, none of our beloved listeners at home are these people. Turn the fucking keystroke noises off on your fucking phone. Oh, yeah, I do like not want to hear. Tack, 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 tack. When they're writing a text message. Shut the fuck up. What are you doing? Who do you think you are? I mean, your phone can just be put on silent full stop, yeah, just right? Put it on silent. You don't need just, to just put it on vibrate. So it vibrates in your pants so you know what's going on. I just don't and get it. Who are these people? They just leave the keystroke noises. Incredibly on. obnoxious people. They they exist all the time. And this. The thing is, they have no clue that they're being obnoxious until no, someone know. tells them. And you can't tell them because they'll look at you like you've literally yeah, be called like, them here. How dare you? I like hearing the little book Yeah, book yeah, book it's noises. like their world has just been shattered somehow. They just, like, realized. I, I, the, the only way I found to deal with them is just to out-annoy them. Like, just be, See, this be, is it, Lewis. This really is not good. That they realize how annoying they are. You think you're are. just adding to the problem? Because you know what? If I was in a waiting room and there was a really annoying guy on a phone in there and then some fucking jumped up asshole with the turtleneck started mocking him as well that would make me even more angry i would no, be i'd be making i would, eye I would be able to fucking boil a glass of water next to me i'd be so angry at i would that then point. think maybe i'm wrong maybe because this guy's acting like an asshole this guy's acting like an asshole maybe i'm the asshole for not acting like an asshole you know maybe what this is normal now in, in that situation that would be better no, in, the, in, in that situation i would side with the guy with the noisy phone I would say, like, well, fuck, this guy is clearly, like, you know, a bit behind the times with his loud-ass phone and keystroke noises I on and stuff. I don't think this is going to lead to, like, a big fucking brawl in A&E. And even if it did, that would be the perfect place for one. Because everyone would be able to get treated in three and a half fucking hours. I don't want to be afterwards. there for 20 hours because my kids... But I, I busted my kid's foot and then I got in a fight and a guy broke my nose. Like, I don't want to spend that time. Like, can you imagine you go to city reception, take a seat, you go straight back up? Yeah, there's another one here. It's me. Uh, I just broke my nose because I had a fight with a guy who wouldn't turn the fucking keystroke noises off on his phone. <laughs> uh, and, and you should take a look at him as well. He's it's really like an fucking... episode of Seinfeld. The yeah, whole episode it is takes place like Larry in, David, yeah, in the like ER room. See, but I, I like that show. I like that show because he is the guy who would say, "Can you turn that off, please?" And they would, and you know, they would say, "No, I like it." He's like, "It's very annoying for the other people," but he does it in a way, in a very Lewisy way, 
that makes you also hate him. He, that's well, right. He does it in yeah, a way because, that, where you don't want to do it. Sometimes he's very reasonable, and the person he's dealing with is completely unreasonable. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. then other times, it's the it's it's a total flip, and he is just completely unreasonable. And the person yeah, he's dealing that's with, right. is, and he doesn't realize that he is yeah, yeah, yeah. completely. But usually, it's because he's asked politely, and then he asks incredibly rudely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As if that's as if the polite ask gave him the justification to be. <laughs> well, I asked politely once, <laughs> you didn't do anything. So now I'm calling you a. Hey, so listen, I got jumped in a one time at the emergency the only time i've ever been to the emergency room other than i lie i went to the emergency room one time as a kid i fell off my bike i was really young i fell off my bike they're dangerous okay. things man. i wasn't getting a scroggy or whatever it was i was riding my bike on my own <laughs> and i fell like off scrotal like rash that's yeah, when yeah. you get your nuts caught in the spokes of the bike <laughs> yeah well <laughs> i mean no it wasn't my balls luckily it was uh it was my head i fell down on my head i was pretty small and i think my parents were worried so i had to go to, i don't remember i was really really small you i were don't a child you had to yeah. go to a child doctor yeah. james was like i prescribe one piece of chocolate every day <laughs> one sugar uh, cube and make sure you watch the wheels go on the bus round and round yeah. a thousand and times you can have one thimble full of rainbow cherry juice as well to wash it all down <laughs> um, so no so so the other time i went to the emergency room was because i was having at the time, I didn't know what the fuck it was. I thought I was dying because I was having a heart attack. It turns out it was uh, my gallbladder, which right, had right. to be removed. I had this genetic condition, which meant that there was a lot of crystallization inside my, my gallbladder. So I had to get it mm. removed. But Sounds like a cave in World of Warcraft. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the crystal gallbladder. Leading up to this, okay, I, it, I would just get what initially felt like Trapped gas, okay, and you know how some how uncomfortable yeah. trapped gas can yeah, be, it's right? Like, like just a sore yeah. pain. So like it it would start it would start as like trapped gas, trapped wind. You know, like you, when you, you just can't fart and you can feel it's like it's like period pain. Your farts are stuck but inside you. Is that what that is? Yeah. So listen, oh. so listen, it would start like that. It would just be this like really sort of dull ache in my back, and I'd be like, oh fuck, you know, I don't I don't feel that great or whatever. So I'd go to bed. And then I'd wake up with this just like terrible fucking heartburn, okay? And this like what felt like really bad trapped wind. And I so I I would get out of bed and I'd lay on the floor thinking like, oh, you know, if I lay flat or something, it'll shift it or whatever. And then I'm laying on the floor with my ass pointing in the air, thinking like, geez, I just got a fart so bad. Like, why is this trapped and stuff? <laughs> and and then the pain would just get worse and worse and worse. And then I'd start barfing. Okay. Like like I guess the pain was so bad that my body just decided, yeah, well, we're just gonna barf now and see if we can sort this out. So I'm I'm, I'm I'm fucking barfing and stuff. I don't actually feel sick at all. It's not like flu barfing, you know, like it's it's just like this really gross, dry heaving, like bile barfing and stuff. Nice. So I'm just like, oh, fuck, you know, there's something like not right here, clearly. And where I used to live was like two doors down from the emergency room. So I was like, well, fuck it. It's three o'clock in the morning. I'll just go to the emergency room and see what's up. You know, like I'm not just going to lay here on my back barfing like all night for no reason sort of thing. So I go into the emergency room. There's even at three o'clock in the morning. There was like ten people in there, um, like Flax described. There's a guy. There's a dad there who gave his daughter a cruggy and is still yeah. there eleven hours later. Yeah, and then he had a broken nose too. So I She's so I go up to the receptionist. Where's <laughs> the bus on his phone yeah. at max volume? It sounded like the whole it, thing. I think yeah. it, I think it was made in India or something. It looked like <laughs> the animation studio out of India, possibly. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go up to the receptionist and I say, listen, I've got this really fucking sore stomach and it's like I'm, I've been sick and everything. I don't feel sick, but I've been sick. And she's like, all right, any cruggies all right, well, take a seat. And, um, you know, we're, there's, there's a bit of a cue, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to you like it, as long as you're OK to sit. And I was like, yeah, I should be fine or whatever. So then I, I feel this overwhelming urge to barf in the in the in the ER. So there's a toilet. So I ran over there. I, I didn't have time to close the door. Like I just had to like start heaving over the toilet sort of thing. So the door is open. Everybody in the room is like, oh, fuck, this guy's like just barfing or whatever. Uh, and then the woman came out and gave me this really strong cardboard tray thing that I could hold, that I could barf into. I thought it was just going to get all soggy and leak through, but this stuff is like pretty good. Like it, there's no leakage whatsoever. Anti-barf box. Because yeah, I yeah, barfed yeah. in it a couple of times. Made in India. Um, and then and then they were like, hey, yeah, okay, yeah, come through. Like you're, you're, you're fine. You can come through now. It was like instant. I just jumped the queue like 10 people. 
And then they checked to see if I was having a heart attack and they checked like all of this stuff and there I was barfing still and stuff. It was crazy. But yeah, it turned out in the end, it was just my gallbladder that needed to be removed. <laughs> just the yeah. major uh, fuck me. thing. It was crazy. It was crazy. Remove. But yeah, so so the one other time that I went to the emergency room, I got fast-tracked just because so I was barfing. So Flax, next time you give your daughter a Kruggy and she gets stuck, just barf in the waiting room. Okay. You guys get right through. No problem. Make her barf. Yeah. yeah. She Make was sick. She was sick a little bit last night. Kids are funny. They're a bit like dogs in a way, in that they'll just randomly vomit. For no discernible reason. Yeah. So she's singing The Greatest Showman. She loves The Greatest Showman. She's singing a song for The Greatest Showman. And she just goes, ah, a little bit of sick, and a little bit of sick comes out. And she was like, she, I was like, are you okay? She was like, yeah, I just sort of sang too much and was a bit sick. <laughs> I was like, you know, got to respect the commitment to the performance there. That she, she's so sexy. You don't see it on do you? Yeah. You don't see it like a big, you know, a gorgeous woman in like a nightgown, like busting out some opera. Then afterwards, she gets that cardboard pot. Like they've just got them stacked up by the side of the stage. These cardboard boxes because everyone after they've sung too much. I love how. I guess it's it's kind of like the same thing as the guy in the tracksuit with the really loud mobile phone. Like he he has certain characteristics that are that of a child, right? Because kids just don't give a fuck, right? Yeah. Like I bet after your kid barfs, she was just like, oh, whatever, I barfed. Yeah, she was thing. perfectly cool with it. Similarly, he doesn't give a fuck either. He's got his phone on super loud. And he's just like, whatever, I don't give a shit. Exactly. My daughter the other day was – we have like this in our house – the living room connects to the kitchen, which connects to a hallway, which connects them back to the living room. So it's like a loop. Right. So like, so the kids oftentimes run through the kitchen, around into the hallway, through the living room, back through the kitchen. And they, they, they do like this circuit. So uh, my son was at school and my daughter was like marching around listening to some kids music or whatever. And I was just sitting in the living room. And every once in a while, she'd walk by and then <laughs> she walks, she comes walking by and she's, so she's marching. It was like marching band music. And she was farting to like the steps, like actually <laughs> farting. And I could just see this massive bulge like where her ass oh, is because no. she'd like shit her pants as well. So she, she's marching, <laughs> big shit in her pants, farting and stuff. Just didn't give a fuck. Yep. She was just like, whatever. There's shit in my pants. I'm farting. I don't give a crap. Somebody else's problem. <laughs> it's like marching continues. Like, it's, a, it's, it's their day to days. They shit themselves, <laughs> it's right? Amazing. It's like this is standard shit. Just pooping yeah. myself. No big deal. Oh, my Fucking God. Hell. Oh, man. There you go. I think that's enough for today. Holy <laughs> we got shit. to poop in the end. We definitely <laughs> we, got to poop. We, we, did. Made we it. didn't talk about dicks that much this time. Though. It happens. It happens yeah. sometimes. Yeah, we talked about true. getting your scrotum caught in a bicycle wheel. Fair amount of. Yeah, yeah, there was anyway. yeah, there was some scrote talk. You're right. Thank you guys. That was a lovely podcast. I enjoyed it. Yes, Thanks me, me too. That was a great one. Yeah. Thanks so much. See you next week. See you later. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye.